Hello, everyone, and welcome to Best Thoughts. I'm Rick Johns, and I'm here with my brother, Will Johns, and we are so excited to be here for season six of Best Thoughts. Can you believe that, Will? It's hard to believe, Rick, and I'm excited about what we're going to be diving into. This book, The Critical Journey, is one of the best ones out there um, in dealing with the stages of spiritual development, so it's Absolutely. It's very exciting to me. I think if people will hang with us on this journey, <laughs> pardon the pun, they will really enjoy <laughs> learning about these six stages. I'll never forget the first time I read this book and just became acquainted with it. It's very general, but it gives you a nice format, a nice path to kind of understand your spiritual journey, which when you're on it, it doesn't seem very linear at times. And uh, so we'll kind of get into that and how it all works. And by the way, people, you can go to JanetHegberg.com, www.JanetHegberg.com for more information. She has a great resource website with this book and all the information about it. Yes, and Janet Hegberg is the author of the book, The Critical Journey, uh, that if you are fascinated by this topic, we would encourage you to buy that book and uh, learn more. There's, there's going to be a lot more information than we cover uh, in our podcast and time together. But Rick, I was thinking about the importance of this book, and it reminded me of an experience that I had that really kind of hits home why, why this matters. Why do, we, why do we need to understand the spiritual journey that we're on? And it was way back uh, many years ago when uh, I had just gotten a smartphone that had a GPS app on it. And I remember I was taking a trip, um, and I forget where the starting point of the trip was, but I was ending at Panama City, Florida. Mm. And as I was driving um, on that trip, I hit a spot where my cell phone no longer had service. Mm. And so then the GPS uh, wasn't working. And that was back in the day before it would like preload the whole route. <laughs> and, and so it stopped working. Um, I didn't quite know where I was. And so I had to go old school and I pulled out the Rand McNally Road Atlas. Some of oh, you yeah. have no idea what that is. Definitely. Um, but some of you do. And, and I'm trying to find where I am on this map. A map is great, but if you can't figure out where you're at on there, like, yeah. like that blue dot on a GPS <laughs> is just absolutely essential. Yes, <laughs> like, yes. That's where all the value is. Yep. Um, but uh, eventually, I figured out where I was on the map. We got to where we were going. I did uh, probably add about an hour to that particular <laughs> trip. But I think it's the same spiritually. You know, we have, we have these experiences... And this book kind of gives us a map, mm -hmm. but we have to do some work to figure out where we are on the map. Yeah. And then what does that mean for us? Yeah. And where, where, what's our next step in the journey yeah. once we recognize where we are? And if you have perfectionistic tendencies, as I have admitted many times on this podcast, uh, you really benefit from feeling like you have a little bit of an idea of where you're going. <laughs> yes. I think there's something, especially for my personality, that it's really hard for me 
to not quite sure, you know, is there any value to this experience? Am I growing? Am I actually getting somewhere? Am I, am I healing? Am I better? Am I stronger? Or, you know, I just like to know that I feel like there's some progression because sometimes in life you just feel like, oh, it's just survival and everything's topsy-turvy and I'm not sure. I feel like maybe I'm worse today than I was five years ago, you know. So this to me gives me kind of a bit of a path, a direction to head and to, to understand. And I think especially, Will, when we get to the wall and stage four, yes. a lot of people, when they hit that, they feel like, oh no, like my spiritual journey has gone off the rails. And actually it's one of the most powerful parts of the journey. And this is where I think uh, our listeners will find the greatest amount of value in this whole thing is when we get to stage four. And so when we get there, we're going to slow way down and we're going to hit that one really, really hard, go very, very deep on that one. Because stages one through three are all a lot of fun. Like this is when things are going really good in your spiritual life. You feel great. You see the results. You feel good about who you are. Uh, you're productive. You're learning. You're growing. And then stage four comes along. Yeah. And God starts doing something different. Out of nowhere at stage four. <laughs> and you start having doubts and you start having questions. And there's some inward work that has to happen. Yeah. To prepare you for stages five and six, where 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 real, uh, where God's love really starts yeah. to flow through you in 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 very special ways, and so this is all what we're going to be covering in our time together. Um, but before we we can get to those later stages, let's go ahead, Rick, and jump in with stage one. Well, you know what, Will? Let me just say the six stages so people kind of have that overview. Oh, sure. We've, we've put them out of order there for them. But stage one is that powerlessness and a recognition of God. So that's just the basic when you have that first instinct for God. What's stage two, Will? Stage two is where you're like a sponge learning everything that you can about God and about spirituality. Yep. And then stage three is where it becomes productive. You've grown, you've gotten to know God, you've learned you've absorbed. And stage three, you're just starting to live it and be productive and, and live your faith in ways that are really meaningful. Finally, then in stage four, uh, you begin the inward journey. And this mm. is where it's a, it's a stage of doubt where the old ways don't seem to work anymore. It can be very confusing. It's a stage where you don't have a lot of warm, fuzzy feelings inside <laughs> like you might in some of the previous stages. Yeah. Um, and then there, it's a stage that contains what we call the wall. And we'll talk more about what the wall is and, and, and why people often will turn back at that point in the journey mm -hmm. and, and what results when you do that. But it ultimately, if you hang in there with stage four, it leads to stage five. And, and we should mention a lot of the great spiritual writers refer to this stage four as the dark night of the soul. Yes. And it's so helpful, and we'll get to that. It's so helpful to understand that if you're in that dark night or you've been through that dark night, that that is actually a valuable part of the journey. It's not a lack of faith. It's not an evil thing that's happened to you. It is a growing thing. And then that leads us, once you come through that, then you pop out in stage five, which is interesting. Tell us about that. 
Stage five is kind of the outward journey of love, where you come out with a much deeper compassion. Mm. Uh, stage three, you're more just doing good things, uh, but but look, but doing it in some ways still for your own ego, for your own, you know, oh, isn't he a good person? Isn't she a great person for doing that? Yeah. In stage five, you don't care if people think yeah. you're good or not. You're You're just loving yeah into this kind of new and free way and then that ultimately leads to stage six where you're loving with with a deep level yeah. of wisdom and skill yeah stage six being the highest level and there's a maturity there a wisdom and just a peace about and you don't get worked up about all these other <laughs> things that you got worked up earlier in the journey and and we should say right here also at the beginning that this is not something that you just kind of buckle down and say, well, I think I'm in stage two, so I'm going to try to get to stage four in the next three weeks. You know, like <laughs> God initiates your move to the next stage. Like you, you're yeah. not in control of this process. And so you have to trust that God, through leading in your life, through leading in circumstances, through leading you to, you know, certain books and people that you meet, will lead you into yeah. the next stage when the time is right for you. So uh, so don't put any pressure on yourself to get through these as quickly as possible. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. Um, yep. It's simply the more you understand, then when you get there, you'll know what's going on. Exactly. It's a direction to head. And the other thing we should say is there's no clear line. Like you don't just cross, oh, I finally graduated from stage two. Now I'm in three. And then I never go back to two. No, they're very circular. You can, I think even in small ways, you can revisit all the stages at different points and that might be healthy. Sometimes I think God kind of takes us back to an earlier stage just to grow us some more through the stages. So I don't think it's a clear cut, but I think generally over the course of a lifetime, these stages hold true enough. So there's a lot of research that has gone into this. This is not just somebody's uh, pet theory. Um, right. This has been proven to be the case uh, for thousands and thousands of people, and uh, certainly it's resonated for me and you, Rick, as we've read it. So. Right, right. And in the book, I remember them saying that they really were surprised when they talked to people how they kept seeing these same stages over and over. Hmm. And so they just kept documenting what they would find as they interviewed people and like I said, you can kind of go through these maybe in different points, but let's just start with stage one for today, and we'll get to the others later. Uh, stage one, Will, what is the core of stage one? Uh, so stage one is defined as a time of powerlessness and a recognition of God. Hmm. And so the characteristics of this stage is that people generally have a, a sense of awe a sense of need, and a sense of the awareness of God. Um, and just a quick story from my own experience. I remember as a kid, probably in like seventh or eighth grade, maybe it was ninth grade, I, I started going running at night. I would run just a mile, and I just felt better doing that. But when I finished, I would look up at the stars, and I was just overwhelmed by them. You know, we lived mm. out in the country at that point, and uh, so the stars were incredibly bright. 
And I just remember through that stage, and that would have been a stage one time for me, just feeling very small and feeling overwhelmed by the God who created the universe yeah. that I was staring up at. And stage one is that stage where you first say, what I'm doing is not working. Maybe I need God. Yes. It's that primal, basic first step in coming towards God. And of course, we can hit it, you know, many different times in our life. Uh, we can hit it in different ways. Uh, some people start with God and then go off <laughs> and try everything else but that and then come back. And so they have to kind of come back to that moment where they go, wait a minute, I really do need God. I really, doing it all myself doesn't work. The ways I've tried have made my life worse. So now I need something higher, something better. Or like you said, it's it's maybe the moment where you look up and you say, wow, there's, there's a beauty here. There's a grace here. There's a love in this world I can't explain. And I think there must be a God. There must be something good uh, that I need to figure out who that is or what that is. And so that's just kind of that opening recognition. Yeah, it's, it's, it's clearly the beginning when someone goes from not really having God as a reference point mm -hmm. to referencing God as, as an important part of their life. Yeah. Um, also, it's, it's like, um, it's a time when, when people are looking to others and through them to God for answers to life's questions. Mm. And so, so that's the powerlessness piece. It's like, man, I don't know what to do here. Mm -hmm. And so I'm looking to other people that have answers. Yeah. I want someone else to tell me what God is like. Yeah. And, and so there's, there's very much of a, of a dependency yeah. uh, on others and on God. It's a stage where we're looking for help. And so we're looking for help from others. We're looking for help from God. Uh, whether whether you know it or not, in this stage, your goal is to find someone who will help in your helplessness. Mm. You need yes. to you need to figure out life. It hasn't worked right. It hasn't. You're just in that need of help. Also, there's usually at this stage, um, you're looking to get rid of guilt, anger, fear, shame. These are all primal emotions that kind of drive us to spirituality saying i need a relief i need i need to find a way to find peace forgiveness health happiness so that's all kind of motivating at this stage yeah and there there's usually burning questions you know like what is what what is life about who am i um you know what who is god what is god all about there's and and the person often in that powerlessness feels overwhelmed mm -hmm. because it's too much. It's, there's a lot to process there. And, and so this is where a community of faith um, can be very important. Yeah. And this, is, this is a key piece to stage one is stage one does not work by yourself. Like right. you, you can't really do stage one all alone or isolated. So you need that community of faith that, that, gives the person in stage one a sense that they're not alone, mm -hmm. that there are others that are hurting too, there are others who share their awe of God, 
And, and the community may be a church, it may be a religious gathering, it may be a 12-step a group. Mm. And, and whatever it is, that community of faith is helping someone who's just getting started, and, and that person that's just starting in stage one is being supported by people that are beyond stage one. People in yeah. stage two, people in stage three and beyond are there helping that uh, individual get their yeah. beginning. Yeah. And they're often, I mean, this is where people will kind of attach themselves sometimes to a leader. Uh, they'll find someone that's really speaking to them and to their heart at what their great need is. Uh, so they'll uh, follow someone or find someone that they, you know, maybe even an author or something that they really love and they'll kind of attach themselves. Uh, they're trying to learn. They're trying to figure it out. They're trying, they believe somebody else has to, to kind of teach them. Um, there's an awe for God uh, that permeates this stage, probably more at this stage than any other of the stages, which is interesting. Yes. Uh, except I might say stage six. I think I think that awe kind of comes back at the mm. end in a new way. Yes. Uh, yes. When yes. you kind of get to that final stage, becomes more childlike too. But this is that conversion stage, and 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 I think God shows up uh, in a in a greater way in our lives in stage one. In His mercy, He knows we need a few extra signs and miracles and things that just kind of inspire that awe and help us say, okay, he is real. There's, he's doing things in my life. Um, and then we're trying to define God in this stage and trying to figure out who is he and how does he fit and what does he do. And, and in, that, in that space of being overwhelmed, people are really wanting clarity and direction. Yeah. And, and that's why, Rick, it is helpful that you said that often people will attach themselves to a spiritual leader of some sort. Mm -hmm. and, and, and you'll know that maybe a friend is in stage one when they're like, man, you know, I was just struggling to figure it out. And then I found this, I found this author and they, everything they, you know, I'm reading everything they wrote, written and I, I love it. It's helping me so much. I feel so much closer to God, you know, or I found this church and, and I love the pastor and they're teaching me so much about God or I have this friend that is very spiritual and they're teaching, you know, they're always talking about that, yeah, and that's great. But there is, there is, I guess, a warning, you know, that we should issue here is that, you know, if you don't grow past that, yeah, then you can be kind of a blind, you know, follower of a leader, and not all leaders have the goodness of God in their hearts. You know, yeah. some are cult leaders, some are manipulators, some just want money. Yeah, you know, and so an yeah. individual at stage one can sometimes be manipulated, you know, by those who do not have their best interest at heart. Right. So don't follow Will John. That's what I took away, <laughs> since he very well knew the dark side of spiritual leadership. You don't want to uh, go down that path. You will be disappointed and led astray. But you know, uh, do just, not join the Will John's Church of the Messiah. So, uh. <laughs> Probably not good. Um, but one of the things you, I think it's worth touching on here, this sets us up for stage four. And, and the weird way it does that is by stage four, you start to see the humanity, the humanness of your church, of your leader. You, mm. It starts to lose that initial luster 
of, oh, wow, these is, they've got all the answers. These are the, all the answers I've been looking for. And if I just stick with this, then all, you know, all my problems will be solved. And by stage four, you start to realize, oh, shoot, you know, this leader uh, had an affair and, and stole money. And, you know, I thought they were, you know, giving me the truth. Now they don't. So just this is the dangers of stage one when you kind of attach yourself, especially to a kind of human person. There's some warnings there. Now, this is natural. But it should evolve, is what I'm saying. And, and as we move further in the stages, we'll see how that goes. Now, another way we could think about this that's, I think, helpful is it's like being in love. It's like the yeah. early stages of a romance, you know, except you're in love with God. And so everything feels warm and fuzzy inside. And, 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 you know, God is stepping in and doing miracles in your life. You, it, God is showing up in big ways. Mm -hmm. uh, you may experience relief from pain, a release of guilt, uh, a sense of, of connection with God. Uh, you might feel awed by God's love, overwhelmed by the miracles of beauty, the mystery of new life. Like there's all this awesome stuff that's happening in stage one. And, we, yes. and, and it needs to happen. You know, it's like, yeah. I don't know if anyone would ever get married if they didn't feel that that in love feeling, you know, early yeah. in a dating experience. Um, so we need that. Um, we, need, we need those powerful emotions to mm -hmm. get us going. Um, but that that powerful emotion is not going to be there for the whole journey. And yeah. so it's important to just kind of recognize that. Enjoy it if you're in stage one. Just you know, drink it up enjoy yeah. it to its fullest, yeah. but know that that's not forever. And I think just reflecting on my own experience, I remember at the age of 16 really being a pivotal moment where I think I entered stage one and I just kind of chose, I need God in my life. We had just moved from you know a town that we had lived in for many years and I had all these close friends there and then moving to a new school that was much bigger and all these things and I felt very powerless, very overwhelmed and I naturally just turned to God and was clinging to him. And I do look back at that year or two uh, right after that as the time when God was the most close. I was very into trying to hear from God. And I had some really cool miracles that I can't deny where God you know, spoke to me or just did something in my life to really assure me that he, was, he heard me, he was with me, uh, but also... I can see too a lot of immaturity, you know, in my life at that time and some things that I really went astray on. And that's part of why I ended up doing my doctorate on hearing God because of that time where I got really obsessed with trying to hear from God, not doing anything unless God told me. And so I kind of took myself and my immaturity off the rails spiritually mm. <laughs> with this stage and the powerlessness and trying to, uh, you know, get kind of got into the negative side that you can get in in this stage. Now, there were the positives, and I look back very positively on some of the, some of the things from that time. Well, I, and I'm glad you brought that up, Rick, because we can get stuck at any of these stages. And when we do, yeah. it's not good yeah. um, what happens. And, and it's kind of like, you know, just to, to reference again that analogy of a couple, a young couple that's in love, you know, 
it's wonderful for them. They feel so great inside. But for those who are around them, it's not that much fun, you know, because they're, they're so into each other yeah. that they don't have much to give at that stage. And that's certainly true of stage one. Yes. The, the person, it's not that they don't want to give back. They just don't have much to give at that yeah. point. And so there, there's kind of um, a lack of ability to give outwardly, which will be coming by stage three. Right. Um, but also, if you get stuck at this stage, uh, some people can end up just overly focused on their sense of failure and adequacy, spiritual bankruptcy. They can just always talk about how they don't measure up, they're not good enough, you yeah. know. Yeah. Uh, have you ever met someone that you felt like Rick was stuck yes. in stage one? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm doing a podcast with him. And, uh. <laughs> no, just another... A little joke there on Will's expense. Uh, oh, well, we have sound effects for that. I I'm not good enough. <laughs> I don't deserve. It is sad, though. I do meet uh, I have some Christians, I think, that really make a an identity out of being, you know, the helpless, hapless. Oh, mm. I'm such a sinner. Mm. And and I think, you know, it's, it's tough because you want to balance that and say, of course, we're always sinners, and of course, we always need God. But also God empowers us. The spirit lives within us. So there's a balance to this kind of identity issue that we're talking about. And I do feel like some people get stuck in that stage one and it's all about, oh, I'm nothing and, and God's everything. And, and they, they kind of don't do anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because once you say, I am nothing, it really doesn't matter how powerful God is if you're not going to take any action. Yeah. <laughs> then nothing's going to happen. You and know? you're not going to so, help anyone or bless anyone. Yeah. So, so one of the ways then that we can move forward and not get stuck, uh, I would say, is, is for an individual at stage one to make sure they have a, a community that they're connecting with mm -hmm. because people in the community will kind of keep you from getting stuck. Yeah. They'll, they'll keep helping you move forward into stage two which is which is the next step, you know, yeah. which is involves more of the learning, more of the the growing and knowledge and understanding. So you feel like you know you no longer feel like this helpless child. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like you're graduating high school and you kind of feel like, hey, I know a few things, you yeah. know. Yeah. And so that it's good. Um and and ultimately that will allow uh, the person in stage one, it will allow their life to take on more significance yeah. because they will begin to integrate the teachings and the things that they're learning. Absolutely. And, and that's what we, I guess, are going to be talking about next week, huh? Yeah, exactly, Will. And I think the, the other piece to that is to move forward being around other people who are at higher stages, maybe getting a mentor, mm. maybe having yes. going to a spiritual director or seeking you know counsel from wiser, older people in your life. Those are all ways that naturally, you know, if you're part of a healthy community, it will naturally help you progress and grow in your faith. And, and Rick, you and I as pastors, you know, we love working with people that are at stage one because mm -hmm. they're having a great time. They're very excited about their relationship with God. We're always happy to talk with them. Yeah. And we know people within our, or within our churches 
that are just good people that we can connect them to sure. that can kind of help be that mentor. And and so if you're if you're part of a spiritual community, if you have a pastor, you know, you're gonna get uh, a lot of support from them if you're in stage one. Absolutely, Will. That was well said and a good summary of how we can progress in this stage. Do you have any final thoughts you want to share as we wrap this up today? Well, I just think uh, if you're at stage one, just embrace it. Don't rush it. Keep your eyes open for what God is doing in your life. Uh, learn you know, all you can. Surround yourself with good people. And you'll, you'll be on to stage two before you know it. Yeah, exactly. And I think if you're not in stage one, I think it's helpful just to understand people that are in stage one and how you can support them and that it's all natural. And yeah, they might be a little self-absorbed or they might be a little powerlessness or looking for signs and miracles and things, but that's okay. They're new, they're growing, they're learning. You can support them, be patient with them and recognize it's not about achieving a certain stage. It's about doing the journey. Yeah, and, and I think we can also appreciate if we're if you're not in stage one, then it means you're probably past it. Yeah. And so you can appreciate what you've been through, all the stuff in your life that you now have spiritually that you didn't have at some point in your life. And so you can be grateful for all of that. Absolutely. Well said. So thank you everyone for joining us for this first episode of season six. Uh, we'll be back next week with talking about stages two and three in the critical journey. And so I look forward to being with you then. You've been listening to Best Thoughts with Dr. Rick Johns and Dr. Will Johns. Thank you for joining us. Please share this with your friends, and we'll be back next week.